Hello, this is Sharon Versip once again with March Madness. This is episode three. And boy, are we excited about what happened this past weekend, the top teams, the excitement of how uh, out in Seattle, there's so many fans there, and then the tough bracket in Greenville. So we got some great guests as well, but let's look at that Final Four bracket right now. Um, we have LSU. Uh, they have not been back uh, for 15 years to the Final Four. Kim Mulkey, only in two seasons, and we'll discuss that. Virginia Tech, first time ever um, in the history to go to the Final Four with Kenny Brooks. Iowa um, has not been there since uh, Vivian Stringer in 1993. So Lisa Brewer got her team back to that Final Four. And then obviously Don Staley in South Carolina, uh, undefeated. They're the team to beat. But what's very interesting is since 1985, this is the first time that Tennessee UConn or Stanford has not been in the final four. So the parity amongst women's basketball is getting greater every year. We're excited for our first guest tonight, Jennifer Brown from Queens University in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, Jennifer has got an extensive background. Um, she's been at Queens. This is her third season as a head coach at Queens. And we're going to talk, it was division two and I went division one, spent four seasons as a top assistant and recruiting coordinator at Virginia Tech. She played um, also at uh, JMU and was an assistant coach uh, for six years, and both of them made the dance this year, so that's really exciting. So um, Jennifer Brown, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me, Coach. So it's so, great to, ah, it's so great to see you, and uh, you know, we've uh, gone through the ranks and recruited <laughs> against each other, yeah. and um, obviously a good colleagueship, but friendship, but you know, tell us a lot or a little bit, it depends on what depth you want to get into, but you guys were, Queens was Division Two, mm -hmm. and then you went Division One pretty yes. quickly. Um, yeah. So kind of talk about that transition and what it took and the differences. I always laugh when I hear the word transition because it doesn't feel like a transition at all. So Yes, we were D2, and literally on July 1, they, someone snapped their fingers, and we were Division I. Um, I had to get a full Division I schedule. Um, they actually bumped me up, and I was able to have 15 full scholarships, which I have to commend my administration um, for that because, obviously, that was huge um, for me to be able to recruit um, and try to close the gap as soon as possible. Um, and just just ultimately, the, the jump in athleticism, skill set, um, the speed of the game was monumental. For me, it was a pleasant um, return because all I knew before I took the job here was Division One. being I'm a former Division One athlete and coach at the Division One level for, Lord have mercy, 16 years. Um, so I was happy to be back, but definitely understood that it was a, a major gap I had to try to fill. Um, the D2, our conference was phenomenal. We were in a SAC conference, and it's still a very, very good competitive conference. It has a lot of great coaches and student athletes who can compete at a very high level. There was there's some kids in the D two in the SAC conference that are actually Division one on mm -hmm. um, their skills and athleticism. So I do think we were somewhat prepared for that. But now everyone one through ten is a Division one athlete and have Division one mm -hmm. athleticism. So um, just trying to figure out the roster and balancing things out so we can compete at a high level has been um, a very interesting task that I'm up for. No, well, that's great. Well, you know, now I'm at division two. Yeah. So, 
<laughs> now I'm learning from you how to get division one kids to play a division yeah. two. And it's, uh, you know, we're in the peach belt, but, um, you know, just understanding that you can still yeah. coach kids that are division one, um, someone to be a big fish in a small pond, right. exactly. you know, small fish in a big pond. Right. But now with that transition, you know, your staff, did it get larger? Did you get oh. to add pieces? Yeah. So as a division two, my first year of division two, I had myself and one full-time assistant. My next year I had myself, a full-time assistant and a part-time assistant. And then literally I went from myself to three full-time assistants and one full-time dobo. So you can imagine just so we can keep up with the natural trend of the Vision One program. Um, again, my administration, they did a phenomenal job allowing me to have competitive salary so I could recruit um, phenomenal people um, to secure my staff to help me as I built um, my program up. Um, and then just having the amount of hands you need in order to run a Division One program effectively um, was monumental. And I think because they were able to kind of fill those stops with the 15 full scholarships and my full staff, it's been it's made the transition a lot more easy, uh, easier for me, for sure. Well, like you said, kudos to your administration. You yeah. know, when you take that big leap, yeah, those resources really need to be in place. Absolutely. Like you said, it's kind of seamless. Yeah. Kind of with those things. But um you know, it, it is a big jump. You're trying to be competitive. You guys did a great job this year. And that goes to you and your coaching and the type of young women that you're bringing in. But um, so getting that jump, mm -hmm. and that's what you used to live. So it's no different yeah. than you, but you're managing 15 players now with full rides and now you're managing a bigger staff. So mm -hmm. the management skills go up um, yeah. when you're now, it's the leadership from head up down. So how do you feel that went as well? Well, I'm not a micromanager. Um, so a lot of what I do, I'm big on being a servant leader, even as a head coach. I feel like it's my job as the head coach to pour into everyone within my program, whether it's an assistant coach, whether it's a player, whether it's my athletic trainer, anybody, right? The dobo, everyone. It's my job to serve them as they serve me in my program. So a lot of what I do is um, more so a collaborative approach where, all right, tell me what, here are my expectations. Here are what I need from you from a day-to-day -day basis. And here's, um, meet me here, right? Then once mm -hmm. you get your duties done, and, and I did a great job and I love my staff. Um, they're very um, well-versed in Division One. They all, they both have Division One background experience. So for them, it wasn't really a transition. We laugh because myself and my assistant coaches, we probably have the most relevant and recent Division One experience of the entire campus. So we kind of understand what it takes, mm -hmm. what it looks like to run a Division One program from day to day um, sort of thing. So I think for us, it was pretty normal. And it was pretty cool to even my AD, Sherry, she's phenomenal. She would ask me questions of things that they just wasn't used to. Right. And she was open to listen and kind of get some feedback from me, just like she do from any other other head coaches. Um, but it's pretty awesome when you have an administration and just the community, the president, everyone who is willing to actually listen, right? They, mm -hmm. They're not going to pretend like they know it all. They know this is new territory for everyone involved at Queens, and they're willing to learn and kind of see what the growing trends are to make sure we're hitting those marks every single day. So in my office, we do the same thing. Everyone has their responsibilities. Um, they know what their duties are from day to day, and they work extremely, extremely hard to achieve those things for the betterment of the program. 
Well, I'll hire you because obviously if they've paid you so well and bumped you up and you got division one assistance, uh, that just shows the great respect that everyone has for you and uh, kudos to you. So talk a little bit about the conference that you're in right now. Ooh. Ooh, my, the A-Sun is, it is a really, really good conference. Like for me, I always go back to my playing and coaching days. It reminds me of the CAA back in the day when we had ODU was winning every a championship every year. Um, Delaware was pretty good. They had um, um, a really good guards, and, and Tina Martin was the head coach there, and Kenny Brooks at JMU. Yeah. So that's when we were able to get three teams into the NCAA tournament. And that's kind of what the feel I feel about the A-Sun. It's extremely, extremely competitive, extremely stacked. Um, the top half, they can go up against anyone in the country, BCS. Um, and they actually run as a BCS program. So from top to bottom, it's an extremely, extremely athletic, competitive conference. Um, I, I, I might be a little biased, but I think one of the best conferences in the country, hands down. Um, you have phenomenal coaches with a lot of years under their belts who've won a lot of games at the Division One level, been to the NCAA tournament, um, WNIT, and things of that nature. So it, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal conference. And I have the utmost respect for every coach in this conference. And it was cool because I was able to recruit against most of them. Um, even, you know, in my earlier days at JAMU, even like Colgate University. And now to be able to share the sidelines with such so many brilliant minds, is like a dream come true. So, but the A-Sun is no joke. I'm saying that right now. Everybody's <laughs> familiar with Florida Gulf Coast. Obviously, they yeah. just won our conference. And he's done a phenomenal job there. Um, actually winning games in the NCAA tournament. Um Stetson, Lynn Bria, yeah. she's a phenomenal coach, yeah. one of my mentors. She's been in the game probably just as long as I've been alive. Um, <laughs> and she's doing a phenomenal job at Stetson. Um, and there's just so many others, like young coaches, emerging coaches. Coach Blue at Kennesaw State, I was able to compete against her because she was an assistant at Miami while yeah. I was at Virginia Tech. Um, Lipscomb, she does a phenomenal job and obviously is a Pat Summit disciple. As some yeah. people say. So. Um, just from top to bottom, the the coaching, the coaching minds, and their ability to recruit high caliber student athletes is something that I am so excited to be a part of. That's awesome. Well, you talked about JMU, your yeah. history playing there. You talked Kenny Brooks. We're just kind of gonna just talk yeah. along that that segue. But uh, JMU making the tournament, yes. they had incredible season this year. But talk about your time at JMU, player and as assistant coach, a little bit. I, I want to get this out. I absolutely love Queens University. I am a royal through and through, but I still bleed purple no matter what. <laughs> um, I JMU, I had a fantastic student-athlete experience at JMU. Um, we won a lot of games. Um, it was so cool to be in a quote-unquote mid-major conference. And actually, as a player, we got an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Like, how awesome is that, right? Um, and being able to play at such a high level against BCS schools and win those games, be top 25 as a player. And then to segue into coaching, once I graduated, um, two years removed, once I graduated, I came back and was there for six years and was able to do the same thing, won four championships. Mm -hmm. um, and you know you know that feeling, Coach. Cutting down the net is something mm -hmm. you just – I get goosebumps thinking about it right now. So being able to play there and, and then go back there and win at such a high level and be able to mm -hmm. help Kenny Brooks, you know, force to his – um, his plan and what he wants to achieve is mm -hmm. something I will always cherish for the rest of my life. And JMU, Queens University is a phenomenal place. 
<laughs> just always hold a special place in my heart because of the people and my oh, yeah. there as a player and a coach. Oh, and as an alum, that's what that kind yeah. of what that's that has grown and developed you to where you are today. Yeah. So, so you're talking about Kenny Brooks. We're yeah. talking about Virginia Tech now. Yeah. First <laughs> Final Four. You coached oh, alongside him. Mm -hmm. um, you were his right hand person for so many times at Virginia Tech. So, yeah. kind of talk about that experience first. Yeah. Though all those years, because you won championships at JMU, wanted to do yeah. the same there before you became your own head coach. So mm -hmm. um, talk about your experience at Virginia Tech with Kenny. Um, coach Brooks is a phenomenal person. He's, I literally just spoke to him, texted with him yesterday. Um, we, we are in frequent communication, and he's phenomenal. Just He's like a dad to me. right? He's been a, the great father figure I've always needed. He's always been able to, if he needed to tell me no and keep me in line, he did that. When he knew I wanted to be a coach, he gave me responsibilities and wanted to prepare me um, for such. And he was phenomenal in that regard. Um, he trusted me um, and always treated me like one of his daughters. Um, so, and was extremely, extremely hard on me. Um, <laughs> so, so no matter what, anyone, you play for Kenny Brooks, you know, when you graduate, you're going to be prepared for the real world um, for sure. Um, and, and he sometimes it's tough love, but it's tough love that you need. So being able to be alongside him and be able to recruit um, for him and help him develop players um, was something that came natural to me only because as an assistant coach, I know it was my job to serve the head coach. Um, and it was my job to do whatever was needed and go above and beyond to take things off of his plate. And I took part in that. I wanted him to know that if things I, I, I will see, I will smell the smoke. If I thought it was a fight, I was going to put that thing out without even hesitating for him because I wanted him to be able to be the best head coach possible. And I, I know he appreciated that. And it was so cool because I got to go to the ACC championship game. Oh. Um, it was just an hour away from us and watch him win the ACC championship game. And I was literally crying in the stands. He came over, gave me a big hug and told me, hey, this happened because of you. You know, oh. I love you and I appreciated you. And those are moments that I would cherish forever. I'm going to hold him to it, too. Oh, he, absolutely. He said, if I when, when I make it to the Final Four, I'm going to send you a ring. So I'm going to hold him to that. I'm going to send him my ring size in case he forgot it to make sure I find a four ring as well. No, uh, he's man of his words. And, yes. you know, when, and you yes. did, you helped create that culture. Yes. You helped create the type of young student athletes that obviously, um, you know, have arrived there, played for him yeah. and played for all of you at Virginia Tech. And when you sit and watch him on the sidelines oh or his, uh, pregame speeches. He's just yeah. always been such a soft spoken. Yeah. He just seems nice. Yeah. He, he can, seems that way. I know. Really, um, I would say he's a players coach for sure. Yeah. Um, he really cares about people. And for example, everyone who graduates from coach Brooks, he's going to call you in his, in his office and within the last month. All right. What is your plan? All right. Yeah. You're about to transition into adulthood. What is your plan? How can I help you? And he, he's been doing that for 20 plus years. And I know it's not going to stop. And he really goes above and beyond to help you transition. He helped me get my first job. He knew I wanted to coach. Right. And before I, as soon as I graduated, coach, I walked across the stage and I drove to Hamilton, New York because of Kenny Brooks, because he mm -hmm. knew I wanted to coach. He saw um, my former boss, Pam Bass, on the road recruiting and said, you got to hire JB. It's a no brainer. You got to hire JB. And she did. <laughs> You know, so I will always be indebted to Coach Brooks for what he's done for me, what he continues to do for me every single day. So it's my guy. I bet. <laughs> well, now they played last night, 
Oh, so my whirlwind. Goodness. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, Ohio State's obviously a tough, tough team to battle yeah. against. And anytime you get this far, I mean, you got to play well, you got to execute. Right. Um, you know, talk a little bit about his team right now, and then we'll talk about the matchup with LSU. I think the biggest thing when you see with any Coach Book's team, he's done a great job building team chemistry. Like Georgia, Liz, um, Taylor Diamond, um, yeah. KT. Um, so they generally care for each other. They generally love each other. And you can see it play out on and on the court. They're willing to sacrifice um, for the betterment of the team. And he's mm -hmm. always done that, build a great family environment. That's something that I hold my hat on. Even as I'm running my program, it's going to be family style, right? Where we're going to sacrifice to my sister to the left and to the right of me and, and everyone around the program. And he's done a phenomenal job there where people will sacrifice parts of their games in order for the team to win um, mm -hmm. sort of thing. And he's pretty darn good with X's and O's as well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, putting those young people in positions where they can be successful on the court. And the one thing that I, I've carried this over as I became a head coach, even on his staff, Coach Brooks does a phenomenal job with player development. And I'm, I'm talking about him. Yeah. Him. He is literally on the court doing one-on-one. -on -one. Sometimes we outnumbered the players where mm -hmm. it was three coaches and one player individuals. And that's something I do to this day. I am tired. My body is sore. My back hurt. <laughs> I'm in the treatment room getting ice and cream, but I think yeah. that's important to help your kids get better and, and instills confidence in them. And that's what you see when you see Virginia Tech play. All those young ladies are confident because the same shots they're making right now in the tournament, they made those shots with Coach Brooks yeah. in their air in an individual workout. And it, it, I, I cannot be happier for everyone associated with the Hokies right now. Well, that's fantastic. Well, now LSU, Kim Mulkey, in Yo, two boy. years. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Two Shout years, LSU. <laughs> hey, the portal's been a friend it's to a lot of people. great to her, yes. Yeah, it was great to Marilyn, Brenda Freeze, yes, you know. Exactly. Um, but that's the way of the world today. So you get you got to learn how to navigate. But uh, just talk about her. And uh, obviously, Angel Reese is yeah. – you know, 23.2 points, 15.7 rebounds. And it's that's not her. They have a true freshman, um, you know, around the point. So talk about LSU a little bit. I think LSU, she's done a phenomenal job getting them to buy into the team culture. Um, and they are, they are playing extremely hard and physical on both sides of the ball. Um, and obviously it starts with injuries. And she's a big personality, but she backs it up with her effort. Has a high motor, crashes the boards relentlessly. There are rebounds that aren't in her area code that she finds a way to collect yeah. and get back up to the rim. So I think that's a lot, a part of their success, but we'll be remiss. If we don't talk about their starting point guard. Um, Morris, he is, whoo. Morris. Yeah. He is, he is phenomenal. She is phenomenal. Her ability to create one-on-one um, -on -one for herself and others. And if she's on and she's hitting shots, they're extremely hard team to beat for sure. Yeah. Um, and then the disappointing cast, I think is phenomenal. They do a great job playing with energy spacing the floor out, allowing them to get through their motion sets um, to attack inside out. So um, she's done a great job. And obviously she's a Hall of Fame coach, a living mm -hmm. legend. Um, and a lot of things kind of get lost because of her big personality, her, <laughs> her outfits. But as you can see, she does a phenomenal job managing people, right? Managing young people. And that's a, the, probably the most important part of coaching, yeah. being able to manage personalities where everyone is comfortable in their skin and they can perform for you um, at, at, at the highest level. Absolutely. So how about the South Carolina, Iowa? Whew. 
I can't wait. Oh my! I, I cannot wait. It, it's so because obviously you know there the talks of the MVP versus the MVP, yep. versus, and um, Caitlin Carr has, is having an outstanding year. Um, like she's done with the, essentially a walking triple double, yep. um, sort of thing. And I, I'll be curious to see how they stack up against South Carolina's physicality. Yeah, right. So South Carolina one through ten, they're all physical. They all mm-hmm. come in. They're bruisers, and and they and they're gonna fight. And it's so awesome. I've never seen. Um, a South Carolina team that deep, right? Yeah. Where essentially she, her one through twelve could start in any other team in the country, and they're choosing to stay at South Carolina. They're choosing to wait behind mm-hmm. senior leaders. They're choosing to get better and build that family. That's not something you see right now across Division One basketball mm-hmm. on the men or women's side. So for um, Coach Stanley to get those young women to buy into that, the old school, you know, sit and wait your yeah. turn, um, yeah. it's phenomenal, and that's why they're undefeated right now. So I'm excited to see the matchup because Tuto, it's like a heavyweight fighter facing like a featherweight. Someone is lying their feet. So I'm excited to see who can stick and move the quickest and, um, you know, throw the last knockout punch. Yeah, for me with them, it's going to be about rebounding. Oh, I mean, yeah. South Carolina, I mean, they got size, but they're rebounding. I think those second chance opportunities yes. um, for me, I think is going to be uh, – really the difference in the game. Uh, Maryland was right there with them, yeah. but they got a little foul trouble and they went all guards and they just couldn't rebound. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let them get second and third and fourth no. opportunities that led eventually to a basket or a foul or a free throw. So mm-hmm. yeah. 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 That's definitely the team to beat, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, um, I think it's been fantastic. You know, I, I had mentioned before since 1985, there was always Tennessee, Stanford, and UConn um, was always in one of the final fours, and that's changed. So the parity is fantastic, the quality of basketball. And I think the biggest thing is the fan base across oh. the country yes. um, has grown um, just um, exponentially. Yes, and I remember seeing um, the other day that the regional sites broke the attendance number. Yes. Right, the most in attendance in like how awesome is that for women's basketball, um, sort of thing. So I'm excited. I know I, I was watching. I cannot wait to be in Dallas. I'm so excited to see the games. Well, thank you, and um, I call you JB Jennifer Brown. This has absolutely been amazing. Um, you're you're a rock star. You're going to do amazing things. You represent everything uh, with professionalism and class and. Uh, Queens is very fortunate to have you, but I really appreciate your time this evening. Coach, thank you. I appreciate you as well. Thank you so much. Thank you. University of South Carolina Beaufort has three beautiful locations near the beach, Bluffton, Beaufort, and Hilton Head Island. Our students find our small classes and personalized instruction very rewarding. The USCB Sandsharks have added men's and women's basketball, and we are excited to be new provisional members of NCAA Division II and the Peach Belt Conference. Fins up from USCB.
Our second guest of the show is Kevin McGuff, Ohio State University head coach. And uh, he just flew in from Seattle. I cannot thank him enough for being with us tonight. Um, he's had an incredible career, but a great run this year. Kevin, uh, 10th season at Ohio State as a head coach, also was a head coach at Washington two seasons and Xavier for nine seasons. He coached, obviously, as an assistant coach at Notre Dame, national champion in 2001, four Sweet 16s, two Final Fours. Um, you know, he represents the Big Ten in such a high manner, 28 and 8, 12 and 6 in the Big Ten. Got to the Seattle region as a number three seed. He won three three of the NCAA games against James Madison, North Carolina. Great game against UConn. Then uh, lost last night to number one, Virginia Tech, 84-74. And got him back to the lead eight since 1993. So welcome, Kevin. Can't thank you enough for being on today. Yeah, happy to be on with you guys for sure. Absolutely. So, Kevin, first and foremost um, – Kind of just talk about your season this year. I know you had injuries in and out. Um, you know, you guys started off so strong, and then obviously we all hit road, you know, little speed bumps here and there. And then um, at the end of the year, you were back at it. Um, so kind of talk about that experience through this whole your journey through the year. Yeah, we had such a great start, and I really, really loved how we were playing early on. You know, we got out to a, a nineteen and zero start, which you know, it gets a great non-conference schedule and, and, um, and then we were already in the big 10 play before we lost the game. But, um, then we hit some injuries, you know, Madison green went down, um, who's a great point guard and just a really important part of our team. And then JC Sheldon gets hit with an injury. Who's probably our best player. And, you know, we were kind of having to manufacture ways to win without a point guard there for about two months. And, um, I was really proud of the kids. We we're just moving people around and, you know, having people step up in different areas. And I keep, I, I, you know, I kind of had in the back of my mind that I knew we would get JC back at some point. And if we could just kind of keep it together and keep people playing as well as they could, if we could infuse her back in the lineup down the stretch, I thought we could kind of get back to playing our best basketball. And that's sort of what happened. Um, we ran out of gas last night against a really good Virginia tech team, but getting JC back to the big 10 tournament was huge. Um, we won two two really big games against Michigan and Indiana and then lost to a great Iowa team. And then, you know, to win three games in the tournament, she was huge in all three of those. And, uh, so, yeah, it was a really up and down season. We had a lot of highs, some lows, you know, especially with our injuries. Uh, but overall, a lot of great things. So you always do such a great job of doing your full court press. You can't prepare for it, um, you know, when I coached against you, we had to put seven or eight guys out there. Um, you know, just have <laughs> such a knack of like, you know, they just hound the ball, like they hound the ball and then there's an opening yeah. and then people steal it. So, you know, UConn game, that just obviously was the key to that success. But I guess as you go through it, because someone talked about your conditioning and JC said, well, mm -hmm. that's on the coaching staff. So kind of talk about how you instill that and in, in kind of the progress of that. Yeah, I mean, the conditioning is a big part of it. And I, I'm going to tell you, we won several games, especially early in the year because our conditioning was a little bit better. We have an outstanding strength coach, Claire, um, and she and I work. I mean, we talk – she's basically an assistant coach. We talk every single day about where we are from a conditioning standpoint. And and you know how it is, Sharon. When you and I started, it was kind of like, well, let's just run them until we think they're in shape. And now we got all this technology that can kind of – 
tell us a little bit more. And she's really good with that. So she gives me great ideas. And the press is interesting because I, I never really, it, it's been the latter part of my career that we started that. And it's really interesting how I fell into it is that we were running the dribble drive offense, um, which was originated by, you know, Vance Wahlberg, who's kind of, you know, famous in, in basketball circles. And he and I became good friends. And he kept telling me like, hey, I'm telling you, you should look at our defense, what we do because it really matches well with what you're doing on offense in terms of creating pace and tempo and wearing on people. And I kept saying, nah, I don't think so. I think I'm just more of a half-court person. I'm a half-court person. And finally, I said, hey, we got we, had, we got a team at Ohio State. We had a lot of depth, a lot of speed and quickness. I said, well, let's try it. And, and it, it was, it's been really good to us. And, you know, I think it'll, you know, whether it's a, a year where we are fully committed to doing it all the time or not, I think it'll always be a part of what we do. Absolutely. So as you, you know, as you made this journey, talk about the Big Ten and how tough the Big Ten is and will continue to be and what prepared you to get where you are today. Yeah, no, that's a great question. It was just brutal this year. I mean, you know, we, had, we had three teams in the Elite Eight. Um, we've got one in the Final Four. And, and really, you could argue the best team was Indiana – but they yes. probably got hit with a little bit of an injury bug at the wrong time. And it really affected yeah. their ability to be at their best down the stretch. Um, they, um, Indiana's great. And, um, yeah. but McKenzie Holmes is a little, you can tell she was a little banged up at the end. It really affected how they played. Um, but the thing about the big 10 is there's so many great coaches. So in great players, but every night you're playing a really prepared team. And I thought, that was um, really big for us heading into the NCAA tournament, having played so many good teams and in different styles of play. So we kind of mm -hmm. had seen a little bit of everything. And then um, you know, the last thing I'll say, I think the Big Ten has really evolved in recent years in that we've got a lot of really good scoring teams. We used to kind of be a, you know, kind of grind it out, you know, fight it out on the blocks and on the boards and, but people have really evolved and, and everybody's really scoring the ball well. And so it's, it's really a, a great time to be in the Big Ten, also a difficult time. But I, I agree. I think the Big Ten prepared all of us for the NCAA tournament. Very good. So talk about your UConn game. You get in the Sweet 16, you got to play UConn, kind of just the matchup, your thoughts, like game plan obviously going in was to press them because they couldn't handle it. But, you know, yeah. kind of, you know, everybody – you know, just thinks, you know, UConn, Stanford, and Tennessee since 1985, they've always been in the Final Four, and now they're not. So um, kind of what, what was your game plan and preparation? Well, we, we knew we'd have a huge challenge on our hands. They're such a, a great team, a storied program, an incredible coaching staff. And, and you know, they obviously had been to – I guess it was 16 straight final four. Yep. So we know they're used to winning this time. You know, we wanted to press them um, as good as they are, as talented as they are. They've had a little bit of an up and down season because of their injuries as well. So I, I thought, you know, our ability to challenge them in the full court and make them play against that um, was certainly a big part of the game plan. Um, and then we also wanted to make some adjustments in the half court. We, we trapped a little more um, when they set ball screens. And because when we were watching them, if you want let them walk the ball up the court and just execute all game long, they're going to pick you apart. They're too good, and their execution is at such a high level. So we wanted to disrupt them somehow, some way. Uh, and, you know, it's interesting because when we got in the game and we were able to set the press early on, it 
looked really good. But then we got then we weren't making any shots. We couldn't get into it. So it was, I was so frustrated to start the game because I thought the press was going to be great. And and then we finally started to make some shots, and then the game kind of you know went went our, went in our direction. Absolutely. So when I you know as you watch you watch you play, um, Cody McMahon. Whew. Talk about her. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Someone last night's like, she's you know. a, she's a woman. Well, yeah, she is a woman, but like, yeah, she is. She is, she is. amazing. She, she's Talk a grown about woman. Her, it's funny too. Her. She's a young freshman too. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. You know, you know how it is, Sharon, you, you watch these kids in AU or high school, or whatever it is. And you say, man, they're really talented. I think they got a chance to be special, but you never know until you get them on campus, what their work ethic is going to be and all that type of stuff. And so I was so pleasantly surprised um, when we got her on campus, just how hard she works. I mean, gosh, every day in practice, I, I, I tell people, it's like she could be playing open gym in Columbus or playing in the NBA, WNBA finals. She's going to play just extremely hard and compete at a high, high level. And um, I think that that's that at, at the core of her development, that's where it starts. And that's completely on her. And, and just, just, she just loves to play the game and she loves to work. Now, a couple, couple things I think also helped her get off to a great start. She came at Christmas. So she graduated uh, in December of her senior year and came. So that extra semester, I think, was really good for her. And then the last thing, she played with USA Basketball last summer, had a really big role on the U18 team that played in the FIBA Americas in Argentina and won a gold medal. And that was really important because and her high school team, it was just kind of her and, and nobody else. And you know the adjustment can be very difficult to now come in and play with other good players like Taylor Mikesell and J.C. Yeah. Sheldon. Yeah. But that USA basketball experience, I think, really gave her some a good opportunity to play with other good players and just to see how that feels. And and she just had an incredible year. And I'm just so proud of her. And she's a great kid, just easy to be around. And um, I, I just can't wait to see what you know the future hold, holds for her. Yeah, well, I mean, your teams are so fun to watch. They're just – I mean, it's fast. You keep up tempo. You spread the floor. Um you know, uh, how you guys attack the basket, everybody can shoot the three. And I, I thought someone that really uh, has grown with development and has helped you is Ricky Harris. Yeah, Ricky was really important this year because when we had – in Ricky has a really high basketball IQ. She's a really bright yeah. kid, and she, she she loves to study the game. And she wants to be a coach, and she's going to be a really good one. And the thing about um, Ricky is, you know, we played her this year – at the point when JC and Madison Green were out, yeah, you know, and then when they were in, we played her at the two and we played her at the three and at times we played her at the four and <laughs> she loves and takes a lot of pride in being able to play all these different positions. And so, but she's been a huge part of this year just because we've been able to plug her in when we had injuries. And, you know, there's a lot of games we wouldn't have won if we, if, if she wasn't willing to step up and do whatever it took for, for us to get a win. Yeah, I definitely felt like she was uh, a key because of your injuries. So that's why I just, you know, wanted to discuss her a little yeah. bit. Um, no so doubt. you win, you win against UConn and then you go against Virginia Tech. Everybody watched last night. So, you know, when you're going against Virginia Tech, um, obviously number one seed, uh, very talented, won the championship, um, you know, so when you look on paper, different styles, but it was a battle from the get-go. And, um, you know, what were your thoughts? You know, obviously we all want more, but boy, your run was amazing. Yeah. I mean, Virginia Tech's a great team. They're, they're very, very talented. One of the things that makes it tough against them uh, and they're well coached, uh, Kenny and his staff do an excellent job, 
But one of the things that makes it tough is they've got, you know, Kitley, who's the ACC player of the year around the basket. And then they've got an incredible point guard uh, and then other people that can shoot it. So they're really tough. It it forces you to make some tough decisions, how you're going to guard them. And, you know, we had a game plan and some, some part of it trapping the post part of it, you know, trapping some ball screens. And we got every one of those right against Connecticut, all the adjustments that we wanted to make to disrupt them. And we just missed on some of those against Virginia tech. We just weren't, I think we were a little tired mentally and physically, yeah. and it just hurt our execution in this space. And every single time we didn't get it right, they made us pay. And yeah. uh, that's to their credit. And so, you know, it was it was a good game. And, you know, we gave ourselves a chance, but we just weren't quite good enough. And, and like I said, some of the game planning things we missed on really came back to hurt us. Well, I thought a key for uh, Virginia Tech, and Kenny even alluded to it, um, was King knocking those threes down. You know, she's not one that usually knocks those down and had, you know, she had 12 points and, um, yeah. and she, and she was contested, but she knocked those down. And he said that that was the key, obviously, um, you know, when we, when we were watching the commentators speaking, but, um, you know, you battled to the very end and, um, you know, uh, Virginia Tech's a great team. you you guys had a great yeah. team, but like you said, sometimes it just, uh, somebody might be a little better and might have a few miscues, but, um, so as we go into the final four here, you've, uh, you played Virginia tech. So let's talk about LSU, Kim yep. Mulkey, two years, mm-hmm. the transfer portal has been good to her. It's been good to a lot of people. It's a new yep. way to navigate the world, but you know, in two years, Angel Reese and, uh, their freshmen got Alexis Moore. Um, what do you think about LSU matchup now with Virginia tech? Yeah, going to be a great game. And yeah, Kim's done, you know, just work miracles once again. Uh, it's, it's amazing how quickly she got in there. But, you know, we played them in the second round in Baton Rouge last year in one. And we played one of the best games we've played in a long time to do it. Yep. And I, I said after the game, I said, you know, number one, this this program is going to be an absolute monster with the way they support it there and the way Kim recruits and coaches. It's going to be, you know, one of the best programs, and, you know, as far as long as she's going to be there. And but to, for her to get to the final four in year two is is incredible. And she she added some really good pieces. Um, obviously, Angel's um, a special player, one of the best in the country. And, and Kim has done a, a great job coaching her. You can tell you can see their their connection and their bond. And Angel mm-hmm. really, you know, relates to her well. Um but what, like last year when we beat them, I said the one thing that's hard to do in year one is to create like really, really good. Like Kim got him playing hard year one. Um, she got him defending year one. She got the crowd, the community behind the program in year one. But it's tough to get that really great chemistry in year one, especially on the yeah. offensive end. And I think they're there. When I watch them, they've added a great player in Angel. Um, um, Kateri Poole, who transferred from our place, is doing a good right. job for him. Um, and and but their chemistry looks really good. You can tell they're all connected. Um, they're gonna they're gonna play hard. They're gonna fight. They're gonna defend Virginia Tech. Um, but Virginia Tech, I think, is really gonna give them fits with once again their balance. Um, you know, they'll do a better job around the basket defending than we did last night. LSU will. Um, but in terms of, I just think, you know, Virginia Tech is so balanced on offense and they can really score from the perimeter. And and it'll be, I guess, the, to me, it'll be interesting to see if LSU can keep up with Virginia Tech when it comes to just scoring. And I think that'll have a lot to do with the outcome of the game. Yeah, totally agree. And then on the other side of the bracket, South Carolina, physical, 
can score on both ends of the floor. Mm -hmm. And then you have Iowa. Everybody's talking about the Aaliyah Boston, Caitlin Clark, you know. Um, yeah. But that matchup, what do you think? What are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, it's really going to be fascinating because it's two contrasting styles, but both teams are elite at their style, you know. Yeah. And so uh, who can win out in the, in the in the matchups of styles probably wins. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think um, heading into the tournament, uh, most people would say it was a foregone conclusion that South Carolina was going to win it. Uh, I think Iowa's got a chance. I really do. Um, just the way they played in that elite eight game. Um, and I will say, I'll tell you this, um, most, you know, for half of the year, it was like Caitlin Clark and Sasano. And it was like, you know, eh, maybe other people would step up, but at the latter, at the latter part of the season, and definitely all the way into the big 10 tournament, other players not named Clark or Sasano have played yeah. really well. And, mm -hmm. you know, Gabby Marshall and, and, and uh, these other kids, they're making shots. And Warnock, and so can I would generate enough quality shots in the perimeter to win the game? I don't know, maybe. Um, yeah. uh, now LSU is a great defensive team and all that, uh, but when you got somebody as good as Caitlin Clark, you know, moving the ball around, it's going to be an interesting game. I, I, I would have said, in, I would have said heading into the tournament, this was certainly um, South Carolina's tournament to lose. Yeah. I maybe would still say that, but I think I was got a real chance. I really do. So do I. I think it's going to come down to the rebounding. Um, how many yes. second chance yep. opportunities? Because they um, they're very very big and very athletic and hard to move. So <laughs> really you got to make a lot of shots. Yeah, they are. <laughs> you got to make so, a lot of shots. And Iowa can do it though. They, Iowa can do that. Yes. And that's going to be that's going to be a fun game to watch. I think that's going to be just really exciting to watch. That's going to be a great yeah. game for the sport of women's basketball. I agree. That's the one that I'm really really looking forward to. Um, so coach McGuff, um, I hear you're a big Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yes. Huge. Massive. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't get any bigger. So Joe Burrows, LSU guy. That's right. Look at that. Yep. That's pretty awesome. That's right. And then I think awesome. somebody told me that freezer bowl AFC championship oh, yeah. games. I was there. I, That's right. You were there. I was there. How, how old were you? Tell me about it. <laughs> I was, oh, uh, you know, well, going back to, you know, growing up out just outside Cincinnati, you know, I was the youngest of five kids. We didn't have like a ton of money or anything, but we were, you know, comfortable. But we had one thing that was really cool in our family. It was my dad bought season tickets uh, to the Bengals. Uh, year I was born, 1969. So we've had season tickets in our uh, families for 53 years. And so, we went uh, to that game, the Freezer Bowl. We stayed the whole time. Uh, it was just outstanding. I, and, and now I didn't take my shirt off or anything crazy. I was a young kid, but we stayed the whole time. And it was it was a wild experience. But, you know, glad I can look back and say I was there. Yeah. Well, we just thought that would be a little fun trivia. You know, we kind of yeah. heard that through a little bird. Get that Cincinnati yep. Bengals. So. Ab um, absolutely. that That's accurate. Well, well, Kevin, you are fantastic for our game. You're so good. You've done so many things to promote women and this game. And uh, congratulations on a phenomenal year. You'll continue to, to, to grow at Ohio State and win more championships. And uh, just really thank you for being on tonight. Of course. Appreciate you guys having me. Absolutely. All right. We'll be back soon.
University of South Carolina Beaufort has three beautiful locations near the beach, Bluffton, Beaufort, and Hilton Head Island. Our students find our small classes and personalized instruction very rewarding. USCB students have unique opportunities with internships, community service projects, international programs, fieldwork, and research. The USCB Sandsharks have added men's and women's basketball, and we are excited to be new provisional members of NCAA Division II and the Peach Belt Conference. Fins up from USCB. Thank though my two guests this evening. Um, and as we move forward, cannot wait to see who wins the final four. Uh, we talked about no Yukon, no Tennessee, no Stanford and, um, Iowa national player of the year, Caitlin Clark against South Carolina, Leah Boston, national player of the year. And then in the other bracket, LSU, Angel Reese, against Virginia Tech, Elizabeth Keatling. So those four are the faces of the program, but it takes an entire team. So it's going to be an incredible Final Four in Dallas. And I'm looking forward, especially for our next episode, to be able to break down the winner, maybe give my all-tournament team. But I cannot wait to share with you what University of South Carolina Buford uh, Division Two, where I'm working currently now, just added men and women's basketball. So looking forward to the opportunity to share through the country what we're all about and we're the Sandshark family. So until then, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>